0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Joanna Penn with me. Joanna is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. She writes fiction and nonfiction. Her novels have sold over 100,000 copies. She's also a professional speaker and entrepreneur, voted as one of the Guardian UK Top 100 Creative Professionals. Joanna's site, thecreativepen.com, has been voted one of the top ten blogs for writers three years running. Welcome. I'm sure I left some things out, but I try to include as many as and many things as I could.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, George. It's good to be on the show.
0: Thank you for being here, Joanna. Really appreciate it. My first question is. Um, in two thousand eight you have independently published your first nonfiction book. How did you decide to to go the independent route?
1: Right. Well, um, you know, just going back a few years, amazingly, the Kindle, the international Kindle had not uh, got out into the world. This was before ebooks went mainstream, you know, before people were reading on their phones, before any kind of sort of real digital takeoff with, with books. Um, so I, I had written a book. It was called um, How to Enjoy Your Job because I was a very miserable IT consultant and wanted to change my own life. So I wrote this self-help book. Um, and the whole message of the book was, you know, you have have to take charge of your life if you want to not be miserable and you want to create the life of your dreams kind of thing. So it's a it classic case of write the book to change your own life. And so I finished this book. Uh, it took me about a year. And, uh, and then I, I didn't know anything about the publishing industry. I just assumed that I would just email someone, send them the book. They would publish it. It would all be good. Uh, but I, I sent one email out, literally one, and got a, um, sorry, this is not for us. Uh, response Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: as soon as I got that email I just felt do you know well one I don't like asking for permission uh, I like to I'm a woman of action you know I, I like to do things I like to be proactive and I like to create things so what this this first of all I didn't like asking this person and secondly I didn't like being told no uh, so it was just at that point I just went you know what there must be a better way so at that point the options I mean I didn't know it about well, ebooks as I say weren't there uh, print-on-demand was not really mainstream so I went ahead and made all the mistakes in the Book. Um, you know, I printed 2,000 books which I couldn't sell and that mostly went in the landfill. I didn't know anything about marketing. I hadn't built a platform. Uh, nobody knew who I was. Um, but I had these books and I had a, a real drive to uh, you know to learn everything about it and to share with other people so they wouldn't make the same mistakes and so interestingly enough, that first book, which was on the face of it could have been a disaster and I could have just given up everything, became the basis for my my kind of my new career uh, and I rewrote that book and it's now um, uh, it's now called Career Change uh, I rewrote it after I left my day job a couple of years after that so um, yeah it's, it's a good it's one of those good turnaround stories but really I went, to, went independently because of the positive energy, the wanting to just create things proactively in the world and, and, and the fact I don't like permission.
0: <laughs> so how come you didn't just give up when you got that email and they said, no, this is not for us? What, what, did, what told you that, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, I don't care. I'm going to go forward with this.
1: It's a good, really good question. And I think basically that book, in that book, I go through this this career change process, which is what I was living in my own life. And one of the things was, you know, once you decide what you do, you go ahead and you do it for free for a while and you try it out and you learn the ropes. And I really felt at that point, look, I just don't know enough about this. Um, I don't know enough about the industry. I don't know enough about, you know, how to get books out there. I know, I realize I know nothing about marketing. So I think for me, it was just a case of, uh, it was like a, a trumpet. I think uh, Sylvester Stallone, there's a quote from him about it. when people say no, it's the bugle call or the trumpet call to, to leap forward and, and and get it done. So, yeah, I, I I really believe that we can create new things in the world. And yeah, I just wasn't going to take no for an answer and, and knew that I could get the book to people myself.
0: Okay. So you have mentioned on your site that you have made a lot of mistakes uh, along the way. What were those mistakes that you've made?
1: <laughs> well, so many mistakes, I guess, but I mean, I ran a few businesses before uh, before this business um, so in terms of uh, one massive thing that I think your audience would be interested in is I started um a scuba diving company in New Zealand, uh, and this was a classic mistake because uh scuba diving involves a lot of expensive equipment, it involves a lot of danger, it involves a lot of insurance and people, and you know boat. And the cost of fuel, and there were so many things about that business that helped shape my desire to run a different kind of business. So doing that made me want to be location independent. So um, I can, earn, I, my business is entirely based online. I don't hold any physical stock. I uh, I just make my money from a laptop. So that was a really important thing to me that I learned from being tied down to a physical boat, um, and also to not have massive overheads. So having uh, you know a boat sitting in a dock and pay for fuel and pay for people's um, you know wages, I decided I don't want that in my business. So again, being a writer, being an author and a speaker and an entrepreneur, I have no equipment except a laptop, really. Um, and you know it's an entirely portable lifestyle um, so those were some mistakes that really led to my existing business and then in in terms of the the writing and the um, you know my my latest business pr- probably printing those 2000 books was was the biggest and most expensive mistake because um, Basically, people should know that print-on-demand means you can load up a digital file to Amazon, and when a customer orders a print book, so this is, you know, I sell print books as well as eBooks and audio books. Someone orders a print book, one book is printed and sent to the customer directly. So I don't need to do any shipping. I don't have to do anything. So once I, and I only learned about that after I'd made the mistake uh, of doing that, and then probably my final mistake, which so many business people make. Is I didn't know anything about marketing. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even think about marketing before I had a product, and then I had to. Then I realised, you know, oh dear, I can't sell this. So that that's kind of been the, the why I've learned a lot about marketing and, and why I do what I do these days.
0: So uh, uh, you know, how many, how much did it cost you to print those two thousand books that you said ended up in a landfill?
1: Uh, I think it's about five thousand Australian oh, dollars.
0: Wow. So it's a substantial investment.
1: Yeah, although to be fair, I lost a lot more on the scuba diving business.
0: (laughs) And the scuba diving business was that before you were in IT uh, or was that that after?
1: well, this is the funny thing. I tried to escape my job so many times. I spent 13 years as an IT consultant, but during that time, I started that scuba diving business on the side. Uh, I did property investment, which also went horribly wrong. Um, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of good failed businesses. So, so,
0: yeah. so, and that's really good because I think people need to know that a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people. You know, when you look at headlines, they usually have to do with success. You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of overnight success. And when people start a business and they're they're failing and, you know, there are challenges. You know, a lot of people give up because they think they're a failure mm. for, for, you know, for having problems. But when they hear stories like yours, and actually every, virtually every entrepreneur that I interview have these mm. kinds of stories. I mean, some of them get lucky and they get it right the first time, but it, it's more luck than anything else, in my opinion. So yeah. I think it's really good that you share, share this. So, so with the scuba business, um, you know, that was, that was obviously a failure and then, then, then you had the property, uh, mm. uh business. So why not give up? I mean, what, how were you feeling when, when those businesses didn't turn out?
1: Well, I mean, th- I did give them up. That's the thing. And I think um, the difference with what I do now, yeah, I mean, you, we all have to learn on the journey, right? So I describe it as like skiing. When you, when you ski down a hill, you have to zigzag and you have to be moving in order to change direction. So I think, I, like, I knew I had to get out of my day job. I hated my day job. So I started the scuba business, made lots of mistakes, realized that as much as I love scuba diving, it is not something I wanted to run a business on because of, you know, wanting to be location independent. Then I did the property thing again on the side and realized I actually didn't care. Um, to make a lot of money in property, you have to care about things like mm-hmm. what paint and what carpet and you know all that stuff. And again, I had tied myself down to physical things and I'm just not that type of person. So I think You've got to know when to give up if you just don't care enough. Um, and but and then again, before the creative pen, I had two other blogs. Um, one what based were those on,
0: blogs about?
1: Uh, the first one was based on the first book, and this is a big tip to so people: if, if you want to write books, don't have a blog based on a book because chances are you'll write another book. <laughs> so um, that that blog fell by the wayside as I wrote more books, and then I did another one about you know learning about. Uh, wealth and success and things like that and I just I just couldn't be bothered with that either So, but when I started and, and, to I'm, to, I'm sorry, sorry I
0: just yeah. want to understand it because it's really good yeah. stuff so how much time did you put into those blogs how many months or years
1: Uh, Well, they were probably about three months each. And then Mm -hmm. um, those other businesses were probably about a year each and a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot more money. So, um, you know, I, I think, but I don't, it's so funny. And I'm quite open about talking about this, because I don't see failure as a bad thing. You know, I think it's that we only learn about ourselves by what we try and you know and move on and i think what's happened with the business i'm in now where i write fiction non-fiction i'm a speaker and i'm a, you know and i'm an entrepreneur I only became this because I learned so many lessons about what I didn't want to do. So um, that really helped me hone down. Uh, and now, like, I, I feel so lucky. I hit 40 next year, and I feel so lucky that I'm hitting 40 doing what I really am meant to do with my
0: life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about uh, those blogs. You, ma- you mentioned that you spent about three months on them. Mm. Uh, what told you that, you know, this is, this is not the right block for me was it was it traffic was it tra- attraction w- oh
1: no it's it's entirely personal motivation i mean um, you know with podcasting with blogging you're not paid for this at the beginning or possibly never um, so mm-hmm. you have to do it because you love it and you only love it if you're so enthusiastic, you have so much to share, you never stop wanting to share. And I found with those blogs, I was just bored, I was boring myself, and I didn't want to write. But the creative pen it's almost six years old. And my my content is still scheduled like six months in advance, because I have so much I want to share, and that I'm learning every day. So and I would do it if I wasn't making any money anyway. And in fact, I did, I did three years of Uh, Working part time on this business before I could give up my day job. So,
0: three years you worked before you, and so uh, three years before you even made any money with the site, or three years before. Well Three
1: years before I made enough money to give up my job, um, yeah. so for me that was and I put a very low figure on it. Um, I saved up uh, six months worth of income, so I had a buffer, and then my goal was a thousand dollars a month's income before I could give up my job. so it was already making some money um, and I'd reached that tipping point that many people will know when you you just you think i could I could do exponentially better if I had more time. <laughs> This is also um, yeah. such
0: a good information because a lot of people start blogging, they get- excited, and you know three four, five months into it they're like well what's what's going on here you know <laughs> we don't have a million visitors we don't have, we're not famous, you know, and people are not throwing money at us, and then they hear a story like yours, you know that it took you three years mm-hmm. for it to to replace your day jobs uh, so to speak, yeah. and that's a realistic number i mean i I interviewed so many. Bloggers, some of them make millions of dollars blogging, and you know almost all of them haven't made any money for about the first two years. You know, so it's it's a very typical story.
1: It's really important, and I mean, I've got to say, and you know, I'm totally honest about this. I was a very highly paid uh, freelance contract consultant, uh, and I'm now earning about uh, a third what I used to earn so i am not i have not yet overtaken what i earned but the but i primarily i am doing this because of my life because i was crying every day at that highly paid job um you know we got rid of the house we got rid of the car completely downsized um because I was miserable. So I think at the end of the day, you know, and I've made decisions around my business, like I won't take on employees. I use contractors. Um, you know, I don't want to be a multi-million pound blogger. I would like to be a multi-million pound author because there's much, you know, things are more evergreen. But I think people should make a decision as to what they want with their life, not just go, oh, I want a million dollars or whatever. It's, it's, it's about what what the what life you want
0: first. Yeah. And you know, what you just said is so important to me too, because I think a lot of people focus on revenue when it comes to business, as opposed to focusing on the life you want to lead, mm. you know, mm. because, and, and that I think that if you're going to build a business the right way, you can't lose focus of you know, what, what is the life that you want to live you know, and how do you want to lead that life and what is important to you personally as opposed to do I want to make a million dollars or $5 million because you know, after – I think I read this uh, study that about $75,000 and over, it doesn't really matter how much money you make. You know, it's not going to make you really happier. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so You don't need to make yeah. millions
0: of dollars to, to be happy.
1: Yeah, you've got to cover that, you know, the basic. And I, I more than cover that basic. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting trade-off. And, and what happens, like, when you've done blogging for a few years or a few, you know, you've put in enough time that people know who you are, you have to start saying no to opportunities that come in your direction. So the only way you can start saying no is if you decide what your strategy is for your life. So, for example, I get people pitching me every week about, please, will you publish my book? Please, will you be my publisher? Can I pay you to market my book? Um, you know, will you help me start up this company for this software for publishing? All of those things I say no to because that's not my strategy for my life uh and you know yeah maybe one of those could make lots more money but that's not what i want to do so i want to create my own work in the world um you know travel for my fiction research all of these things so i really urge people before your business gets too big or if it is too big and you're miserable um you know really reassess it i mean look at tim ferris right the four-hour work week that which uh, everybody should read. Um, he, that's how he changed his life. He went, you know what? I've got all this money. I've got this amazing business, and I hate my life. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm gonna change it. And that book really helped me. Um, you know, that was published about the same time I did that book in 2008.
0: So yeah, yeah. I think I read it in way too, and it had a major impact on on me and I, I bet millions of other people. Yeah. So how do you monetize the creative pen? You mentioned that you turn some things down, but what is it that uh, that you gravitate to?
1: Well, it's changed over time. When I started it, I was going to, Primarily, I I didn't even know I was going to write fiction. So I started off writing nonfiction for authors and also doing training courses. So as I learned about Internet marketing, I started to teach authors about Internet marketing for books. And, um, you know, that was really going to be my thing. Um, And I still do that. But um, what happened, uh, that was the way I was monetizing the blog. So I do still have some courses you know, multimedia courses. Um, But as I've learned over the years, our aim as online entrepreneurs, and in fact, in general, we don't want to exchange our time for money. We want to produce scalable products that earn us money for the rest of our lives. That's the idea. And as I was doing these courses, I realized, um, unless you do an incredibly philosophy based course, the technology changes and you change and you have to redo these courses over time. So that wasn't I wasn't finding that a very evergreen business model. Um, Then I discovered writing fiction. Uh, I did it for fun. The first book I did for fun, like as a challenge, and I absolutely loved it. And what's brilliant about fiction is it's kind of the ultimate scalable product. Um, Once you've written a story, you never have to rewrite it. Um, so and books can earn money for the life of the author and 70 years after they die uh, the books are in copyright and with the global market today uh, I'm selling in fifty fifty-eight 58 countries in uh, ebook audiobook print book um, versions and also now in three languages four languages so what we can do as authors is kind of crazy so what the creative pen is monetized in terms of it's a way as a platform for me to get speaking gigs, for example, but also to get notice on my books. Um, but I have another site, jfpen.com, which is my fiction site. Uh, so I, kind of, I have these two brands. I wouldn't recommend people do it that way, but for me, it's an incredibly fulfilling business model with a, a range of stuff for authors and stuff for people who love thrillers. <sighs>
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting stuff. Initially, though, uh, you didn't sell any books, uh, because no one knew who you were. So you had to learn about marketing. You mentioned this Mm. uh, earlier in the interview. So what resources have you used to learn about marketing?
1: Oh, I, I mean, I'm obviously a massive reader. I read like, you know, all the marketing books you could possibly find, and I still do. I still read a lot of marketing books, um, but uh, you know, mainly reading stuff. I did a lot of online courses. I was learning from you know the pro blogger and copy blogger and all of those big sites about mm-hmm. about internet marketing. And then what I was doing, what I think most blogs are at heart are things that you're passionate about that you're help. Well, for for me, it's about helping other people. So it's either information or it's inspiration or it's entertainment and. The creative pen is more on the inspiration and information, um, and my thrillers are more on the entertainment, so covering all bases. But, but I really learned from all those online uh, sources, all those books, and then what I did was blog about the things that I was learning, um, about writing books and about marketing, and nowadays I, I, I kind of do um, creative entrepreneur stuff around learning to take your creative work into the realm of running a business because uh, many creative people are not very business-like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of authors are not great marketers. So mm. how, how much time do you think an author should spend on marketing their books?
1: Uh, it depends what type of book it is. Uh, if, and the big thing there is what is your goal? So for example, if you're, a non, if you're someone who has a business and you're writing a non-fiction book to promote your business, um, your your the the business model is not that that book is going to make you lots of money that the business model is that your back end will so you'll have um, consulting or courses that are sold at the back of the book and that you want pe you want that to be like a lead generation thing so it's not an income model um, if you want to make good income from book sales you need a lot of books so um i've got uh two more coming out so i've got eleven books. Um, out now. And, you know, in all of those, got about 48 book related products, because you can turn them into these multiple things. Um, And in that way, you can build uh, more of a cash, you know, positive cash flow business model. But yeah, people really have to decide what they want to write a book for, I guess
0: and what percentage of your books are on kindle like do you do you look? i mean what percentage are like just digital books and uh and actually hard hard uh, hard copies uh
1: they're all in they're all in print um i say they're yeah they're all in print except my short stories they're not they're only ebook um but uh, all the fictions also in audiobook on audible and iTunes and yeah everything's in print on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, and they're all on the ebook stores as well. So um, I I don't just do Kindle; I do all of the other ones, you know, um, iBooks and Kobo and Nook, for example.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, you you know you need to have multiple books. I actually interviewed several people that you know they specialize in Kindle books only, and mm. one of them has, I believe, forty one books. Uh, and Is that Steve you know. Scott? Yes, yeah. I interviewed him. Yeah,
1: no, Steve's great. He's he, but and his boss, his business model. He does a lot of short books. Yes. Um. Yeah, lots and lots of short books. Now, again, I'm really looking at um, for me, the nonfiction is about authority. My books are much longer than his. Um, they are, you know, and they support my speaking. Now, I don't believe Steve speaks. Um, so like my how to market a book, I could have split that into five books, but it is a Um, It's a mega book um, that contains kind of lots of philosophy of marketing as well as all the things that I've learned. So, again, that's why, you know, I'm saying it really depends on your business model and and what you're trying to achieve with a book. It's not necessarily just about the book sales, but Steve is making a very good living from his business model. Um, So it really just depends on, on what people want to do.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating how many different ways you can you can make money from writing and Ooh. and even books. Uh, you know, there's just so many different ways of doing it.
1: Mm,
0: definitely. Uh, what advice do you have for authors to build a following?
1: Um. Well, and this comes down to your personality, Uh, and I think you have to try a few things. But So I have a podcast like you, and um, I've got 193 episodes now, and there are people who've been listening for five years, you know, and that's a way to build a following if you find talking easy. And I really started a podcast because I wanted to learn, um, and I still learn from my podcast. I'm sure you do as well. and and So that's one way. Um, Doing videos is another way, but many authors are introverts and find video quite difficult. Difficult, but um, I do video as well and then obviously writing you have if you're a non-fiction author blogging is fantastic because you can blog around your keywords um, you can build up an audience for your niche and but then you have to really be in a niche uh, to build an audience that way and if you're fiction the best way of using your is to use your writing um, you know to write several books put one of them out for free, uh, put them out on things like Wattpad and, uh, you know, do sales and stuff like that. And like Steve's doing, there's no, blogging is not necessarily, uh, is not necessary uh, if you're going to write a lot of books, you can almost use your books as content to advertise other books. Um, So again, it depends where you want to put your effort. But if you want to be a speaker, then a blog and a book is a great way to build your authority uh, and a really good way of, um, you know, building a reputation. I, I, I think these days we don't take people seriously unless they have a decent-looking website with, you know, um, well, I certainly don't, you know, with, with at least something about them and a professional-looking a speaking page and a professional book, for example.
0: Yeah. So uh, you have started the, the creativepen.com in 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just as, as you said, uh, to share your experiences and save people time and money. What did you do to help your site become such a popular site? I mean, there are so many sites that are started that, you know, they never go anywhere. So <laughs> what, what did you do differently?
1: And it, this is a classic question because I've done nothing differently since day one. I've done the same things for six years. I think the point is I've done them for six years. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've written, um, there's been a post every Two to three days, although recently I've gone to four days. Um, but I used to be every two to three days. There would be an article, a video, a podcast, interview. Um, so massive amounts of content. There's about a thousand blog posts now, 190 plus podcasts, um, 300 odd videos. Uh, I'm on Twitter every day. Some of that is scheduled, but you know, little bits of like social media. Um, you know, the same with writing books. You know, Steve has like 40 plus books. I've got 11 or whatever it is now. And this is all just a case of doing a little bit every day for an amount of time <laughs> you know my sticking time sticking
0: to it like yeah, six years like you mentioned
1: yeah it is and i say to people this is um so i spent 13 years putting my ladder up against the wrong wall and i got to the top of the ladder and i made loads of money at the top of the wrong ladder and i was miserable then i had to start again at another ladder which is this this um, writing game, so in two thousand and eight, I put my ladder against this new wall and I started to step up the ladder and i 'm nowhere near the top you know Stephen King is my goal, um, but it, each day i 'm stepping up this the right ladder um, so I would say to people if if you're you know thinking well nothing's happening you know how long have you been doing this how passionately are you doing this um you know this is not just my living this is this is my life and my passion you know i'm sure you can tell i don't believe in work-life balance you know this is i do this every hour i can until i collapse i love what I do absolutely love it uh so why do I need balance you know I'm just I'm so happy to be doing this stuff and
0: yeah
1: um, you know what I mean and everything I do like you say how long do you spend marketing stuff like that you know I might be out for a walk and I'll take a picture of a sunflower in the garden and I'll tweet that that to Mm -hmm. me is simple it's part of my life but it's also marketing it's just sharing a part of your life and that might someone who likes sunflowers will see it might click on it might have a look you know I do stuff like that all the time so I think when you you make this a part of your life it all just integrates
0: it just fits right it just mm. fits in your life mm. in uh, in 2001 I mean in 2011 I'm sorry you have published your first novel Pentecost mm-hmm. how much different is it to write and publish fiction after your nonfiction work
1: Oh, it's it's really different. I basically and again the the blog sort of the year before I published that was about my journey. People can see that the creative forward slash first novel. I basically and it's really painful now I look at it and I was learning really basic stuff like point of view and um oh you you basically have to relearn to write. I mean like dialogue. Nobody writes dialogue in a non fiction book. Um, you know, there's lots of different things. So I, I had to relearn that. Um I spent a lot of money on editors, because it turns out even if you read as much as I do, you don't know how to construct a story. Um, but basically, I feel like now after like seven fiction uh, projects, uh, I'm getting the hang of it. Um, but that's what's so great about The Life We Lead. You know, it's all about learning new things, uh, about getting better. Um, I, I rewrote Pentecost, uh, a year, be- the year, a year ago, last year, I think, uh, you know, just gave it another edit because I've become a better writer. So, um, you know, sometimes that's necessary, but you know, it's, it's great to try something new and that was a real risk for me because I spent time doing something that could, you know, it didn't pay off immediately. I mean, it's only now really starting to pay off.
0: Wow. Um, in uh, March uh, 2014, your novella, One Day in Budapest, uh, was part, it's funny because I was born in Budapest, so oh, it's really caught my attention, <laughs> uh, was uh, part of the uh, Deadly Dozen book set, which hit the New York Times bestseller list and USA Today bestseller list. I think secretly every author dreams of that. Uh, how did it change your life to become a bestselling <laughs> author?
1: It's so funny. And this is like all of this stuff. We set this definition of success. I, you know, I use them, I use that term because once you've done that, you can say I've done that. But to be honest, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, you know, having 50,000 followers on Twitter or whatever. It it means nothing on its own. It does give you, um people might look at you twice. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't add, it doesn't necessarily add any money to your bank account. It doesn't, you know, when you, when you do it, you realize, well, why was that ever important anyway? You know, it's a kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say anti-climax, but I think the point is that what we do every, every day, uh, there's a great quote from Krishna, um, which is in Stephen Pressfield's um, The War of Art, which is, you're entitled to your labor, not the fruits of your labor, And I love that quote because if you're not happy doing what you do every day, you're not going to be happy, you know, you can't just aim to win prizes or make X amount of money. You have to be happy with sitting at your desk and writing and creating words every day. So basically, I would say it was very nice when it happened, but um, I wouldn't say it it, it was like a high point. (laughs)
0: Can you charge more or can you demand more, though, as a speaker when when no, you're a No, I don't seller? think so.
1: No, I mean, no, not at all. It's very common these days. And the thing is, once you're in this industry, you realize that a lot of this stuff is manipulation. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you can pay for the New York Times list. I mean, I think it's about 100 grand if you want to pay for it. But um, we did it by 12 of us going all mm-hmm. out on marketing and it, but that's been done by a number of people now. Um, and I'm sure they're going to change the rules so it can't be done anymore. Um, but this is what's so funny with this. Um, I find it pretty amusing is that all this marketing stuff, you know, everyone, everyone finds the latest thing and, and jumps on it. And, but, but what lasts is writing another book, getting it out there. And like that book, one day in Budapest, why I'm really pleased that that book did so well. And it, 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 that's all, sold over 100,000 copies on its own. And um, it, in I mean, my books themselves have sold over 350,000 now. But that book means a lot to me because uh, it's about the Jewish uh, history of Budapest and the rise of anti-Semitism in, in Eastern Europe now mm-hmm. in in the government. So I'm happy that it made, you know, it got to 100,000 people because I'm so passionate about the message of the book. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's more important to me than getting, than hitting the list is raising the awareness of, of what is an awful situation.
0: Yeah. What do you think is the biggest time waster for writers or authors?
1: uh spending time thinking that you're really crap and just thinking your writing is terrible and you know just going on this downward spiral of negativity um you've just got to do the work and the the books are you know as i I mentioned stephen pressfield's the war of art the other book is turning pro it's a really good book he will kick your ass um you know it's basically like stop being self-pitying do the work Um, and the other one is Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott and in that book she talks about writing shitty first drafts and this is the this is another myth of writing. Everybody writes a shitty first draft and then you have to edit it into something respectable that you can publish. So the the, the truth of it is that everybody's writing is terrible Um and you just get better by editing and writing more books. So I hope that helps some people because that really changed my life, this kind of realisation that. The the sentence that you write is not the sentence that you publish. There's a lot of processes in between, Um, yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you could teach somebody to become a successful author, what do you think is the first skill they have to have?
1: Uh, You have to write the book. Uh, It's amazing how many people spend so many years going to you know, conventions and writing groups and, you know, listening to all this stuff and never actually write a book. <laughs> so you, you actually have to finish the book. Um, don't bother with all this, you know, don't blog, don't podcast, don't, you know, until you have managed to get through the first draft of a book, um, you know, you're going strugg- to struggle with the rest of this. And, you, you, you know, you find your voice. By writing by by and blogging is great for finding your voice, so you know sure, do it, do it for fun, but in terms of of your book, y- you only find it by by writing and writing more books, so you know that's the advice is really you have to get the book done, and just so people know, Nanorimo, which is uh, national novel writing month, is coming up in November, and it 's a brilliant time to if you want to write fiction, but there 's also national non fiction uh, writing month, you, where everybody gets together and, um, you know, writes 50,000 words in a month. And that's how I got the started on Pentecost, my first novel. So I really recommend it.
0: That's great. Well, Joanna, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to share your story and and your wisdom. How can people connect with you or find out more about you or your books or, you know, anything in general?
1: Sure. So I'm at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And you can get a free Author 2.0 Blueprint, which is 87 page document on everything to do with self-publishing and all this type of stuff. And I'm also on Twitter at the creative pen and I have a podcast, um, which is on the site there. And yeah, my fiction is at JF Pen or it's uh, at all the usual stores.
0: That's great, uh, Joanna. Everybody go check out thecreativepen.com and, uh, again, uh, thank you and wish you much luck with, uh, with your business and, and your books.
1: Thanks for having me, George.
0: Bye.